0: Welcome to No Hope, the podcast. Giants in the Sky Dance Remix. Hello and welcome to No Hope, the podcast. I'm Tim O'Miller And I'm Scott Schneider. And hopefully you haven't noticed these episodes just keep getting longer. Or maybe you have. Maybe you have been like, God, I'm so happy that they're just talking a lot more
1: than they used to. <laughs> I feel like um, people have definitely checked out by now. So we can like, yeah. we have carte we just blanche keep... now to say yeah. whatever the fuck we want. Well, our, our friend,
0: William, who is listening from South <laughs> Korea said, I was like, I guess they really do think there's a market for their opinions. <laughs> So, um, hopefully, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God, I mean, I don't know if it's so much that as just, uh, you know, forgetting time and space and where we are and what the date is and who we're talking to and what we're talking about. Well, yeah. And when you're in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic, you, you, t- you, 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 tend to lose track of time. Totally. I, think, I keep like looking at, happened. I keep looking at my phone and I'm be- and being like, wow, that's the date. Like it is like surprising to me in some way. Um, and I don't know why it's surprising to me, but it is And we are
0: uh recording this in New York where we are on what day like 73 or sure. something Sure. I around specifically that. made maybe a,
1: longer. I made a mental note after day fourteen to stop counting because it just felt like like, you know, like I was in prison, like etching like, you know, tick marks on a wall. So I was like, Yeah this is just my life now. This is what we're doing. So, but you know, we're being productive. I'm, I'm working and, and launching a podcast with you. Exactly. And if you notice a little lilt in my voice, it's because
0: I actually got out of the city for a few weeks and have been naked in the woods, which has really given me some sunshine. Um, well,
1: literally given me some sunshine. Which that All definitely checks a lot of Tim Amaler boxes. And I <laughs> have a lilt because I am getting the fuck out of the city tomorrow for a week. Tomorrow. So I have like never and, been so excited. So this is a, another of our
0: collaboration and creation episodes Woohoo. with uh, featuring a very special guest, Shanna Sharp, who is not in the city actually so we're going to be talking to her in just a moment i believe that she is in her home state of alabama and yes. that's where she will be recording from um so if you're only interested in hearing us talk about musicals that are actually in the musical theater canon in other words not our musicals you can skip ahead if you're interested in <laughs> hearing about the collaboration and creation uh and producing new work and hearing from Shanna about all of the fucking many things that she does uh, as an artist, um, then stick around, and she's coming right up. Uh, we're gonna do a couple of quick rewinds. Rewind. These are just funny things that we've been talking about. That we, um, Scott, you mentioned that we should adapt Flowers in the Attic uh, <laughs> into a stage musical, and has it um, been done? it has not been done but it was adapted for a stage play in august of 2015 so really? quite recently that's fairly in recent. new orleans huh. yeah i mean that was like less than 5 years ago i found that pretty fascinating cuz that novel is from like what the late oh. 70s i
1: yeah, think yeah for sure i feel like late 70s early 80s but um that's shocking to me i like was it like you know was it like done like at an lgbtq plus theater with people in drag or was this like a actual like straight like by st- yeah straight i mean like legit like version like play of the book well I didn't look into
0: that deeply I looked I looked up the the novel and so I found that information under the novel and adaptations of the novel so okay. I didn't actually do more research into
1: what the stage adaptation was like I'll have to okay. do that next time That, okay. that would be okay because a fun thing to what follow I what I wanted to be in my mind is my first internship ever was at theater on the square in Indianapolis in the like micro like gay section of town which is basically like three blocks long and um, my first introduction to whatever happened to baby jane was through theater on the square they did like a winter production and you know it was like drag queens playing the joan Crawford uh, and betty davis characters and i feel like that's what i would that is what i would want the flowers in the attic play to be
0: <laughs> well it did happen in new orleans so that yeah. made me feel like it was probably out more outrageous than totally. what you the word legit as you used earlier totally Okay, I have another thing about Mandy Patinkin. I don't remember why we were talking about this. I think maybe it was we were trying to figure out what his breakout thing was. Yeah. Okay. Is that what it
1: was? Well, but I I keep bringing him up because I keep choosing musicals that involved him, but. Right, 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 right. But I um,
0: learned something fascinating, which was he graduated from KU, which is Kansas University or the really? University of Kansas, huh. which is, you know, rival school of where I went to KSU uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, which oh. I found very fascinating because he's not from Kansas. I didn't write down where he was from, but um, then he went to Juilliard, which explains a lot to me. And... Che in Evita in nineteen seventy nine was his breakthrough, which again is just one of those things that made us both chuckle last time we were talking about Evita, that the revolutionary Che was played by Mandy Patinkin and the um, the rising is <laughs> like the whitest <laughs> Argentinian whitest starlet persona. was played by Patty
1: Lapone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so fascinating I'm the pretty difference. Pretty sure that's not how and they- now pretty sure that's not how the casting would go down now this is like no. launched launched in the year 2020
0: no exactly so sunday in the park with george was 5 years later in 1984 this you may not know this i don't know if you saw the film of ragtime did you see the film no never did okay so okay. that was in 1981 and he played the role of teta Oh, my in God. Why time. is
1: literally every musical I have picked I know. has some weird Mandy Patinkin? Mandy
0: Patinkin. I know. I know. And then Maybe I need played,
1: to like revisit my complete annoyance with him. <laughs> and, and then he played opposite Barbara, of
0: course, in 1983's Yentl, which was a... Um, he was a big, in that?
1: Yeah. He played the love interest. He oh, was, my God. He was, He was who she fell in love with. I never really saw that full movie. I would always just like skip to the like Barbara parts because I'm no big Barbara fan anyway. But yeah. Yeah. There's really only like three songs in that
0: movie that you need to really Mm -hmm. know. But there is a lovely scene where all of the Orthodox Jewish boys are uh, frolicking naked in the the river. Oh, my God. You're a pig. So if you you haven't watched that part, then you should. I Um, did not watch that part. But perhaps his most famous role of all time is another strange casting choice in today's environment as Enigo Montoya in The Princess Bride, which oh. happened in 1987. Oh. Do you oh, remember that? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I people, mean, I was, ne- I was never like super into that movie. Like I thought it was like amusing. But yeah, people were like super obsessed with that movie. Yeah. Um,
0: okay. I just have two more things. Okay. The two seven. The two thousand seventeen revival of Sunday in the Park with uh, uh, of George, with, not of George, <laughs> Sunday in the Park with George was at the Hudson Theater in the Millennium Hotel. So we were both correct. Oh, we were both correct. Yeah. Um, Good to know. And then finally, Bernadette Peters. We were like, how did Bernadette Peters start? Well. Unsurprisingly, on some level, she started acting very young. She first appeared on stage at the age of three and a half. What? She got her equity card at age nine. Oh my God. At 13, she appeared in the second national tour of Gypsy as an understudy of young June, dainty June. Um, she has appeared in 33 feature films or television movies. I was unable to get an accurate count on her stage performances, which are probably, you know, at least a hundred because the, the, the bio on the Wikipedia page had just a limited, um,
1: uh, resume. So, I mean, I knew of her early musical theater career of like song and dance, which is like another Andrew Lloyd Webber piece. And then, um. Film wise the first thing i like knew of her was do you remember that old movie the jerk it's like a, yeah, comet, Steve a Martin. comedy it was a huge Steve Martin. that was a huge movie yeah. yes in like so, the early 80s or sure but yeah, late it must 70s, be i remember it i remember being like very young but i was like who's this zany woman but um yeah yeah. So,
0: so bizarre. So bizarre. So yeah. Equity card at age nine. So that's how Bernadette Peters got her start. I mean, <laughs> so she's basically just been acting literally her entire life. Wow. Um, that's all I have for the rewinds. I Do saw you have her, anything I, else? No,
1: although I saw Bernadette Peters. Like, I rarely, although now I'm like, like second guessing myself because I told the story about Jake Jill and all and having a total freak out when I ran into him. Um, You know, quote, ran into him. Uh, But I sat like one table over from Bernadette Peters at dinner at MoMA once and basically had like a similar, but I, I did a much better job in that moment of like keeping it reeled in. But I was like, Oh my God, Bernadette Peters is literally sitting at the next table. But
0: yeah. Well, it helps when you don't have the added hormonal element, you know. Totally. I can yeah, g- I mean, keep it reeled yeah. in a lot more yeah, when it's exactly, like an esteemed exactly. an esteemed
1: Broadway actress. Um okay. Let's
0: move on and welcome yeah. Miss Shanna Sharp. Shanna, are you there?
2: I am.
1: Oh, for a second, I got nervous. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> we,
2: we bored, we bored I was messing with bored
1: you. her. She's, <laughs> she's literally
0: her head is like on the desk. She's like, oh my no, god! No,
2: no, I was, I was loving it. I was uh, loving it.
0: Um, so Shana, hi guys. Hi. Hello. We we met you in two thousand and one
2: maybe Is yeah that right? it was yeah either 2000 or 2001 like right around there
0: Wow, so i was so new to the city you were brand new to the
1: city i mm-hmm. barely I knew your brother so. okay i moved here in 99 yeah and how did we meet? Mm. How did I'm, I was trying to well, remember? How did we meet each other? Through whom we did because, we meet each other?
0: Because I went to school and I, I use that term loosely because I barely <laughs> knew your brother, John. But uh-huh. I went to school with him. We had a year of overlap, but he was in Cincinnati my first year. So I only met him like maybe twice. It was actually sort of the same with Poppy, actually. We met oh, wow. very like a few only a few times. Um, and, and then somehow when we got to the city, um, I, I got, yeah, John introduced me to you and then we started working together. Like, yeah, probably like in 2000 or 2001. Right. I'm, I can't I think remember so. you know, exactly. I
2: remember being at the duplex to see Poppy's com There was like a comedy show.
1: Yes. Is uh, that so when we met? Mic.
2: I think that's when we met because I remember Poppy, Poppy's saying, I wanted to introduce you or, or introduce me to someone. Um, and I think that was right around you guys were writing Dose and looking for a singer, I think, like some, yeah. like Beltris or something.
0: It's funny because that, I...
2: That's when I remember it. I don't know if that's when we actually first met, but...
0: I think it is. I think it is. Because I was going to say, I think we met at the duplex hmm. and you, yeah. you just said that spontaneously. So, yeah.
1: I really, I love that. And that there's like a little, there's like a, there's a poppy like connection there as well. Pop, that's fabulous. Poppy
2: is everywhere. <laughs> She's <says laughs> everywhere.
0: So you, Shannon, you're an artist and um, you, we met you as a singer. You're a songwriter. You've recorded, mm-hmm. um, I, the, as far as I know, three albums and an EP. I hope that's, mm-hmm. that's accurate. No, you did very well. Great. Look at you, um, Look at you in your Google search. You are also, <laughs> as most artists, you are. Uh, you wear many, many, many hats. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, you're a performer, you're a singer, you're a songwriter, you're a third of the Spectacular Trio Siren, you're a bar owner, you're a real estate broker. Tell us a little bit about all of the things that you do. And I mean, obviously, we're, we're super um, interested in all of the creative things you do, all the artistic things you do, um, but also just like how you balance doing everything. Cause you really do a lot of things.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think some people are, are people that always have to kind of be doing different stuff. And I'm definitely one of those people. Like I can't, e- even if I was given one job that paid all the bills and, and was, you know, just laid in my lap, I'd have a hard time just doing that. But, um, I think a lot of it came out of necessity that I started doing a lot of stuff. I moved to New York from Alabama and I had like literally $200 in my pocket. I was sleeping on my brother's couch at the time who lived in New York City. Yeah. So, and, you know, I was going to school. I'd gotten into Circle in the Square. Um, So it was like working five, I was like four jobs at first and then turned into five. But working five jobs and going to school. So. Like, it was kind of crazy. And then, you know, so once I got out of school, I was like, oh, this is great. I got all the time in the world. So, like, working multiple jobs has always just kind of been a thing. Um, And I think also, like, artists kind of have to diversify, right? Because shows end, gigs end, funding goes away, you know, (laughs) all these different things. So, you kind of always have to have multiple, you know, revenue streams to – really keep your art financed and going like I think when you rely on other people to finance your art you you have to take pauses in your art whereas if you find a way to finance your own art then your art continues you know
0: that is a that is a great way of saying that and it's so true (laughs)
2: <laughs> right it's like how many how many gofundmes can we actually create for ourselves yeah, <laughs> Our like, friends are like okay and you you yes. should probably be profitable at this point and you like want, what the hell you
1: want to be like very sparse in those sort of asks <laughs> exactly, i feel like exactly <laughs> and it's got to be something like, like special you know
2: yeah <laughs> so, and there's no shame of those things i've yeah. definitely done them and and they've been successful and it's a great way to connect with people but Yeah, I think it's, you know, you you gain your power as an artist when you don't rely on the money of other people.
1: 100% agree. That is a golden rule. It also, like, lets you claim, you know, like, you your, you know, it gives you a little more freedom in your writing, too, I feel like, that, you know, you're creating whatever it is you want to create. You're not really, like, you're not, like, beholden to anyone but yourself.
2: Yeah. It's like why I hate borrowing money from anyone. Like, I don't know if growing up, like if you're, you know, you ask your parents, well, can I borrow this money? And then all of a sudden they have all this expectation of what you're supposed to be doing with the money and how you're supposed to be using it. And, and, you know, oh, did you really need to go to that movie that night? Because you owe me this money. You know, like it's that... I I just I've always hated that, so I'm like, screw it. I'll just work twelve jobs and I'll figure this out. I'll have my own money.
1: Hundred percent agree. I I think I borrowed money from my parents a total of once in my adult life. uh, For like never
3: again. For like a (laughs) no,
1: and I they always laughed about it because I paid it back within like you know less than six months because it made me like so fucking uncomfortable. Um, You know, and and it was really just to get out of the apartment that Tim and I were sharing because it was like which we talked it was just about to get away from early. It was, is that what you're saying yes what I'm explaining it was like that level of desperation like, it was like it takes Please. so much for me to borrow from anyone but it was that level of desperation
2: Tim you were the inspirer
1: I, I mean I try you know I try oh my goodness
2: oh, so all that nudity just had to run
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like I, I wish I could say that was it <laughs> Oh this is an all-nude
2: podcast, right? Yeah. I got the memo. Is that right? Okay, good. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So, so Shannon, sure. you have written, like, how many songs would you say you have written in your life? And and, oh. and and curiously, and when was the first time that you remember, like, you wrote a song and you were like, Iris wrote a song, you know? Like, tell us a little oh. bit about that.
2: Okay, so I actually do remember that. So my when I was, like, about in fifth, fifth grade. So like I was like 10 or 11. Um, my brothers, I have three older brothers and they had bands, right? So they were like the coolest of the cool. And of course, like all these like, you know, super hot older guys, friends were coming over to my house for <laughs> band practice, right? And I was like, ooh, I wouldn't be in a band. Um, and so I decided to try to start writing at that time. I'd always sung, like I was always singing since I was very young and playing instruments. But um, i never tried to write and uh I, I you know, it was very like a la Debbie Gibson at that time. <laughs> it was really probably bad. But um I do remember writing songs at that time I you know, I mean I played piano like as far as I went to piano lessons, but I wasn't really accompanying myself. So everything was just lyrics and uh, you know, it was just, you know, vocals. But I had like my little um I think it was like a, a tape player recorder. Like a, I don't right. know what you call those. A tape player recorder. A yeah, box, yeah, yeah, Right? Okay. With like a little mic um,
1: like a little mic attached to it.
2: Yeah, like, you know, the little handheld yeah. one that people would like jog with, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um so I would like, you know, record little things. I wish I could actually find them. But so that was that was my first
0: Do you uh, remember what it was?
2: Songs. Oh. I, I remember it was something about a boy. <laughs> it was probably something about that. Quick question. Um, Were you into
1: Debbie? Were you like into Debbie Gibson at that time?
2: Oh, I had the perfume. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I the electric youth.
3: oh interview. I was so
1: obsessed with electric youth but no the reason I'm I asking mean, is like we were talking about like we were talking in an earlier episode about some of our earlier work and I was like and I uh-huh. had mentioned that like the first stuff I wrote was like you know like like facsimiles of stuff I was into at the time and I, I was theorizing that I feel like a lot of writers that like sort of have that experience of like the first stuff they try to write is like you know very it's just like Sounds like stuff they're, like, already oh, into.
2: yeah. I wish I'd had better musical taste at that time. Like, it was all <laughs> New Kids on the Block and Debbie Gibson, right? It was pretty wretched. Hey. Um, and yeah. that's what I remember. I remember being, like, so proud of it. And then I remember I remember sharing it, people being like, oh, all right, well, you know, like, good first try. Like, and I was like, oh, crap, you know. So I knew I had to, like, get better and, like, you know, keep writing. So And also get better musical taste
1: but that's also a testament to your desire to do it because you know many people i think (laughs) at that age would you know to try their hand at something and then someone would you know not get a lot of wonderful feedback and then be like okay well i guess that was that and sort of move on to something else
2: no i'm very stubborn so that it comes (laughs) it's, it's helpful in those moments
1: yeah, I mean,
0: Scott and I have like hardly gotten any positive feedback, other than a few people still coming to our shows, and we're still like,
1: "Fuck it,
0: we're in like you know year." What? Let's
1: write. Let's do one more. We're in like year <laughs> seventeen or eighteen. I mean, we that do
2: not. It not be farther from the truth. I've been to your shows, and they're always packed.
1: We also, you um, know, threaten to retire on like a, a yearly basis, so. There we go. <laughs> what? So how many how many songs would you say at this point
0: it, you have written oh. in your songwriting career? Like I mean, like,
2: I've recorded four like full albums and those were like, you know, 12 to 16 songs. Like they were li- lengthy. And then two EPs actually. Oh shit. Um
0: Sorry. Yeah.
2: Well, no, no, that's okay because one of them I never digitally released. It was just a hard copy, and I actually don't have a copy of it, which is so sad. But it was really cool. When I had a show, and this uh, this guy comes up to me that I didn't know, and he's like, I have your uh, Calling Amsterdam EP. And I was like, awesome. Could I make a copy of it? <laughs> <laughs> so I, was like, I don't have it. Um, but uh, yeah, and then there's, you know, I, I, there's so many songs that I haven't recorded. I was, now, you know, with quarantine, I have a little bit more time on my hands. And uh, I was trying to remember, like I was going through like older songs and older albums. It was making me remember all these songs that I used to play live, but never got recorded. And I just wish I had been a more organized musician and that I had like recorded, like even like a crap recording of everything. Um, cause there's so much that I just don't even remember.
0: So like you're, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of songs, right? I mean, probably
2: thousands. Oh my I mean, God. Write, yeah. Because I, I, you know, I started writing when I was 10, but then I oh, really, wow. really started writing, like performing out when I was like 16, 17 years old. Amazing. And then just kind of consistently did. I mean, like that was the thing that I did every day was I played and I sang and I wrote, you know? Um, like I, when I went to college, I, I went to Auburn university for a couple of years before moving to, um, New York city. And I remember most of my time was writ was, was used writing music and playing. Like, I don't remember going to class that much. So right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if only I'd gone to Berkeley, maybe it would have been the right thing. But, you know, uh, Auburn was not, you know, my English professor was not too happy about it.
0: Do, do you guys know about the, the little Dolly Parton anecdote? Like she has, um she has an assistant of course as as most people at that level do but mm-hmm. the one of the main things that the assistant does is is takes dolly's little little you know notes like she might write on a sticky note or she might write on a little piece of paper or a napkin and she gives those to the assistant and the assistant like files those little notes away so that because obviously they're all Little seedlings oh, could be of lyrics, be lyrics. yeah, yeah. Oh, and, huh. I, and 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 I, it it always makes me think like, oh, God, my life would be so different if I had an assistant to keep track of all this stuff. You <laughs> know, I had
2: only been Dolly Parton.
0: That's so
1: in. interesting. Uh, People's process, that makes
2: sense, like. Though. Oh, go
1: ahead. Stop. Oh, no. Sorry. I was just going to say that reminded me of like Joan Rivers because she would always have like she I think in a, in her documentary or something, you like saw her like file cabinet where she just had all of these like, I feel like they were like, like index cards, but it was something like yeah. very similar yeah. to what you're I saying. Think so. like, she I would think like, it was write cards. these little like fragments and thoughts and jokes and everything on like these little cards. So like that that's that sort of process thing always really interests me.
2: Yeah, I have uh, journals that I keep. So I try to keep those like little notes and thoughts like I, uh, with like from college years on, I used to always carry a journal on me so that whenever I got like inspiration, I would like jot it down really fast. Like even if I was like drunk at a party, you know, just to, you oh, know, yeah. something like oh, inspired yeah. me, you know, that's. I mean that's prime time, right?
1: Inspiration um. hits when you're drunk at a party. I can attest to that. I was gonna say I feel yeah. like Tim, Tim has written down many quotes of, of people saying ridiculous things at parties. So yeah, I think right. it could definitely Did you switch over to like a to like a digital version of that once like smartphones well, yeah. became a thing? I was gonna
2: say In New York, you know, we're always like on the run, right? So like there's, and and, you know, if you have multiple jobs running multiple business, you don't have a lot of time to like, let me sit and use for a second, write in this journal. So I took to using my voice memo on my phone. So I would literally be like walking down the street, like a crazy person, like singing into my phone or like talking into my phone, like whatever it was that was in my head just to try to get it out. Cause like, I literally just didn't have time to write it, um, And then I would like, you know, transpose it or it's just kind of, you know, kept there. So a lot of it became audio files, actually, as opposed to like, and then, you know, there's always like notes on the phone, like I'll write, uh, I have like a ton of like digital notes that are kind of like those day to day little musings and thoughts that I have. But I still, there's nothing like pen to paper. I still, I think as a creative person, I think there's something that kind of happens different Um, When you're writing pen to paper than opposed to typing out.
1: I, I, that is all, all of that was completely amazing and fascinating to me. And I completely agree on the pen to paper thing. Uh, And I had mentioned earlier episode, and I had mentioned on an early episode that I, I like print out all the lyrics that get sent to me. And when I'm like trying to set lyrics to music, I'm like sketching, you know, notes and like chords, like with like a pencil, like I'm very tangible like that.
2: Yeah,
3: it's like I, you don't
1: I, want
2: to be in a Google Doc,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know.
2: <laughs> like being, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I use it a lot in business, but yeah. something about being creative and and I don't know if it's like the tactual kinestheticness of it, like using your body to move your hand to write them. You know, like I don't, I'm not sure what it is but if it helps you like tap into your your body and yourself more. I'm not sure. Yeah. what it is, but that could it very makes well a difference. Be. Yeah. I
0: think that I have such terrible handwriting. That's why I and I and I also I can't. I I type so much faster so if I'm on a uh, if I'm on a roll or if I'm in the flow as they say like I can I can feel uh just l- I can feel myself losing thoughts as I'm writing by hand but if I'm on oh, wow. the on the computer I'm like mm. I can keep up with my thoughts and I find it much more satisfying so mm.
2: Interesting. But, so I'm the exact opposite. I type like Shirley Temple plays piano, like with just two fingers. <laughs> 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 just, rah, rah, rah. Oh just chopsticks God. all day long on the computer.
0: <laughs> so we yes. have worked on so so many projects together. I mean, yes. over the the many 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 years. But you were the uh, the lead. As they would say, the protagonist of our first first ever full length musical Dose, which you mentioned earlier, which we self-produced in 2003 at the Crane Theater in the East Village um for that a crazy who, experience oh my god oh my <laughs> insane oh my god seriously seriously <laughs> I, w- I don't think i
1: would have wanted my my first foray into self-producing in new york to be any different than it was because it was, so, it was, crazy. It was, it was so crazy it was truly i mean still to this day like we'll talk
0: about it like uh, there are just so many special moments <laughs>
2: It was an onion you want to peel, as the lyric of the song goes. There were
3: many, oh, many layers.
1: God, I um, mean, is it have... worth you mentioning Tim, like uh, briefly, what the plot was for our listeners? Well, th- if the, you I could say we, there was a plot, dead.
0: I think we could actually just read this this okay. this couple of sentences from this review. I mean, I feel oh, like no. it tells you all you need. <laughs> No, yes. not the review. Um, so this is the only review that we received from newyorktheater.com's Martin <laughs> Denton who has reviewed several things of ours and or mine over the years. Um do you want to do you want to
1: start Schneider? Oh, um yeah, and then maybe you can pick up after a couple yeah. sentences. So yeah. here we go. Dose, the new musical by Tim Amiller and Scott Schneider, it's pretty much a mess. It becomes... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. let's just let's just let I mean, that sit in it um it's it, so accurate it begins with lily evans hampton that's shanna's role entering Ta-da. her entering her new york city apartment armed with packages from popeyes and other eateries and singing a song about how much she hates being fat and how she can't stop eating food <laughs> Shortly afterward, this is great. Shortly afterward,
0: her friend Jamie, with whom she is obsessively and deludedly in love, stops by and immediately takes off all his clothes and jumps into Lily's bathtub. The
1: shock value bar keeps getting raised as the first act continues. Lily pretends to be pregnant. Lily's gay best friend, Bink, sings a song in his underpants about his sexual habits with the refrain quote, I'm a faggot. A woman named Angola rehearses a performance art piece topless just before agreeing to let Jamie shoot some heroin into her foot. And I feel like that's really all you need to know. <laughs> I also feel like I um since we just like resuscitated this review over the last like week, Aww. I feel like I actually blocked out some some of those plot points. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, when you you lay them out like that.
2: Yeah. Go ahead, Tim.
1: No, you go ahead.
2: I was going to say, I forgot Lily pretending to be pregnant.
1: (laughs) Me too. That was the main (laughs) one. That was the main one that I was like, she did.
2: Well, and as you said that, I was like, Oh, my God. Was I just like so out of it as an actress that I just like skipped over it and like just wasn't even playing into that at all. And that's why I don't remember it. Probably like Tim as a director was like, why the fuck won't she play that? Oh, can I curse? I'm sorry. Why? Of course you can Why won't Uh, she? Yeah, of course. just, Just bleep that out, guys. Just bleep it out. If grandma's watching. Um, Although, what we're talking about in this musical, probably Grandma would have to into. Um, No, I was just thinking, like, Tim's in the audience, like, why won't she play that she's pregnant? What's going on? What is the matter with this actress? Oh, my
1: God.
0: Oh, my God. I mean. I forgot. You know what's so funny, though, is that the thing that I love is people – who came? Like they really liked that show. A lot of people
1: came, and a like, lot of people well, came back. We had yeah. a couple. We had a couple repeat. Yeah, we had yeah. A couple repeat customers. It was. Wild. I think it were was just
2: like there's so much going on. I need <laughs> right. to see this again. Or they were there for the tits. I don't well, know. Like,
1: I mean, you, uh, there was a lot is, of
2: nudity, so that
0: is certainly possible. That is certainly possible. I, there was a um, like,
2: full frontal male in that musical too. Yeah, right? like, absolutely. It was like a little bit for everybody.
1: I mean, it was no holds i mean it was just more is more i mean like when in doubt
2: oh my god
1: Uh, i mean i should i should mention however though
0: oh okay go ahead yeah i was gonna say so there was i want to say this because um you may not remember this but it there was a a really lovely quote for you yeah um at least two of the cast members shanna sharp and We won't mention the other. Make consistently interesting choices that makes us care about their characters in spite of their squalid (laughs) two-dimensionality.
1: Which I oh my god, I love that quote too. I I do feel good that like at least you know you at least you got at least you got a good mention, even though we were. I
2: made choices, even even though we were. That's all it said. She made some choices, choices.
0: (laughs) but the choices that made you
1: care about. about, Oh, okay. 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 us care about you. Whereas my we, you know, tutu. whereas we were summarily and justifiably panned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, like really, really
2: panned. Oh, my God. So uh, listen, fun. some um, of the best musicals in the world started out with uh, or the most, I should say, successful musicals in the world started out with really crappy reviews. So, yeah. I think the the people spoke, and the people loved it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that you're you're totally I mean that is hilarious. But uh, your 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 point is like absolutely correct. Like there's like um, because I I actually trashed the musical Wicked um, in one of our earlier episodes, but that is an example. That is an example oh. of a musical that it actually was not well reviewed. And to your point, like the people absolutely spoke and were like, "No, just kidding. This is like a huge hit." So, yeah.
2: um, Les Mis the same way
1: was it really, really? Yeah, Les huh. Mis
2: originally the um, I-, I was reading about this. Uh, Les Mis originally. Uh, was knocked by reviewers like this was like when it was I think it was in the West End first if I'm correct or it was not in the U S. Yeah. Um. But they were they were like aghast that they would take this beautiful literary work and turn it into this like mellow they called it like a melodrama on stage.
1: Huh I mean, I could totally see that, but yeah, I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. So I bet <laughs> they thought there was some two dimensional crap going on too. <laughs>
1: I mean, it is. Fair enough. It's pretty melodramatic. Although I do love me um, some, I'd love me some Les Mis.
2: Awesome. I mean, who hasn't sung every song from that? Right?
1: Yet? I mean, I would say of the 80s British mega musicals, that's probably like, still my, my fave.
3: Key. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you have
0: any, like, funny or, or... Or happy, or yeah, yeah like Something. like yeah. If, interesting. Where would you like
2: me to begin? <laughs> uh I mean,
0: um, I
2: how how honest can we be on this podcast? <laughs> are we allowed. To, <laughs> are we, what are we allowed? Do <laughs> we have? I should have talked to you about like what is there a safe word. If I <laughs> he's like, pineapple, pineapple,
1: the, safe, the safe word is heroin no <laughs> okay. it's, well
2: you know yeah. appropriate um well yeah, i no was thinking heroin during the
1: i was thinking because <laughs> you did
0: two readings right we did two readings of this prior to to putting it up at the crane. And Mm -hmm. you were there through the whole thing. You also did, I think, two cabarets that we did to raise money, which were both at the duplex. And you sang uh, mostly probably songs from the show. Yeah. I was just curious, yeah, if you have any thought or any yeah, you can you can say whatever
1: and you know we can always we can always chop it, can out always edit it out if it's a little I if it's something. too much. We've just done all this um, setup and there'll be some weird like
2: <laughs> Yeah. It would be like, edit. and then I went to church.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
2: uh, no, I'll, I'll be good, don't worry. Um I, one I'll say it was really, really cool. It's my first experience of being a part of something from like really the zygote stage of it, right? So You know, I remember we met at the duplex, and I remember there was, like, an audition where I came to your apartment. I think you guys were living in the same apartment at that time, correct? Like, you still (laughs) lived... Yes. And it was like a p- yes, p- ni- a nine story walk up or totally. something. It was, like-
1: <laughs> it was like ridiculously high. And you had and you had to and-
0: like you had to leap over the rats that were um on the first <laughs> yes. and second floor landings, yeah. right? And, and this, everything
2: this. smelled of cat pee and it was just I mean not your apartment but the like the hallways, you know, because it was East Harlem. So for some reason all of East Harlem to me smelled like cat pee during that time.
1: Yeah, it was like um, a, it was actually a cool apartment but it was like that building was like rough
2: woof yeah um but yeah so i remember i remember coming in you know and then us having like an audition and uh i'll I'll call it that and uh, (laughs) (laughs) i just remember i remember tim being like or i can't remember if it was tim or if it was scott that was driving it but it was like now belt this note now belt this note and like you were basically like teaching me the the music like as we're sitting there and it was just like me skrelting in your apartment um and then I, I guess at some point, I, you know, I, I think it got hazy and I think that I was like, oh, I have the part. Okay, cool. Um, so it was a very interesting audition process for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, my PG, that's my PG version of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. See, we're keeping it good for grandma. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so I, I think to be with something that long, and I think also, you know, because at the time. You know, the, the character was a very, was a, you know, overweight, you know, young girl. And I was not an overweight young girl at the time. So I kept being worried that I was going to be replaced by, you know, by a, a plus size girl, you know. So I was, uh I, and I remember, I think it was Tim. It was like, we would have drinks after like everything. And Tim's like, I don't know, Shanna, we might have to get someone else. And I was like, ah! Oh. um but
0: it was but a huge, it was a it was a huge criticism um first of all you just popped oh, yeah, up yeah, on sure. video by we the way see we can you, see
1: you way. now
2: you can yes, yes. Like, like oh you can oh there we are the
1: angels like the heavens parted We tried this for 30 minutes yeah. see i
2: did wash my skin and moisturize oh my god you. get really, it yeah. can you, yeah. And you can see
1: us oh my god fabulous I can't, that is yay. so so right. funny oh this but, is good
2: this is better now i was just talking into the abyss before
1: yeah Yay. Oh, and I got distracted, and you were saying, like, really super fun...
2: Oh, yeah, where Tim was trying to replace me every time we did it.
1: I'm like, that's (laughs) hilarious. Tim is such a confessor. I was like, I don't remember that at all, that he was like, you know, we may need to replace you (laughs) while we're like actively like working together to develop this role. Oh, my
2: God. And then I remember being like, no, I connect to it. Every girl connects to feeling overweight. Every girl (laughs) knows what this feeling is. I know what it is. This girl is me inside. Oh, my
1: God, that's amazing. amazing. And then we just made a
2: fat suit, and it all worked out yeah
1: yeah uh, It was like we have to mention that that was our solution <laughs> right
2: right
0: <laughs> right brian i mean brian made a fucking great fat suit brian hemisoth whose birthday was yesterday i'm sure he will never oh. be listening to this but happy birthday brian hemisoth
1: Happy birthday. Um,
2: it even had wiggly parts. It was yeah. ama- It was an amazing fat it was, suit. Yeah.
1: It was really amazing. It's yeah. much
2: like my body right now. So
1: we, no, please, <laughs> we
0: kept that fat suit I was gonna say we for kept it. years. Really? Like we I just got rid of it because I kept thinking like, we're gonna do this again someday. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do this again.
1: I'm like Put pretty sure that we would not suit. like cast somebody and use a fat suit in the year 2020, although
2: you know hairspray i had some some friends that different friends that played tracy turnblatt and they would put them in fat suits like they were really? fat huh. yeah so i mean they weren't like super like super skinny girls by any means but when they did the role but they were definitely padding it was like padding
1: sure. hmm. oh, yeah. okay interesting yeah. okay. So, interesting
2: you know, it's good enough for that D- was it Do like horribly remember-
1: uncomfortable like was it a horribly uncomfortable thing to act in
2: no it actually was kind of great because it um gave you the weight that you needed Mm-hmm. And like the kind of like the exhaustion that comes from carrying around weight. I literally was carrying around weight. Hmm. So it, it actually was kind of, I don't know, maybe it was a little method. It was kind of nice. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. No, and, and it helped you, you know, it's always fun when you get to really like transform into a character. So I felt like it, it helped me to transform into a different person. And then, you know, I definitely needed to take it off and drink heavily every night cuz that show was just like, you know, where <laughs> Lily's just taking a beating that whole show, man.
1: She really does um, and then she drops yeah. dead at the end. And then she <laughs> drops
2: dead, you know. She, you know, from her fake pregnancy that none of us remember. But <laughs>
1: who
0: <laughs> oh, no. knew we were we were I remember it. we referred to to once we we mentioned that um we remember we had those great women from i think both of them worked at the law and order props department and so mm-hmm. we had that syringe that you actually were able to plunge into
1: your arm and it looked like oh, it yeah. was going do you remember that yeah right yeah. before you od yeah, yeah. I mean, our, um, our our writing was trash, but our costume and costumes and props were on point. Wow. Really good,
0: right?
2: <laughs> I know,
1: I know.
0: I
2: don't Do think you... your writing was trash.
0: Ugh. Do you remember how what the the turnaround process was in that place? I mean, that was also just <sighs> we got in there at what or 6 30 for an eight o'clocks curtain and then there was yep. another show that came in after us so we had to
1: fucking lift that couch up and that it bathtub was insane because we had a full claw tub bathtub too like that was a like, lesson a, a and a cast like, iron clawfoot bathtub yeah that was like a lesson for tim and i of like what to not do when you're like sharing space with limited turnaround and self-producing yeah yeah it was a good preview like once we like started doing shit with like the fringe or like festivals to be like okay don't no like that's not the focus like and it will make everyone crazy but just put them on
2: the floor on a bath mat it's fine it's fine. seriously I think I must have been like divaing out in the back. Cause I do not remember having to move a damn thing. Out well, you the didn't. Show. You didn't.
0: We we <laughs> no. had we had like, a really uh... great crew for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had a great team for that. Um, like Will, really and Miranda. Miranda. Will and Miranda and Miranda. Angela. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it yep. was an incredible group of people that that
1: showed up every night and helped us move that fucking shit. We definitely like we definitely made it work. I mean, with the exception of um, there was some you'll remember, Tim, but there was some incident where with the with the with the, uh, the theater company after us one night. And uh, I, I feel like that was probably the only time in your adult life that you almost got in a fist fight.
0: Oh, yes. That was a night that I almost hit that man. <laughs> and there's only really one other time. Yeah. In my adult life when I almost hit someone, which was my stepbrother uh, on the eve of my father's funeral. That would be the only other time that I was that close to hitting someone in my so, adult life. So yeah. emotional stakes so, are high. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so
1: Dose the musical really? Dose really. the
0: musical
2: death of a family member? Death of a family equal. That equal could just, parts.
1: That could just clue, uh, clue listeners in into how intensive an emotional experience it was for many of us.
2: <laughs> I remember too in the in the rehearsal process, and and this is something that I've never had happen before. And Tim, I wonder if you, Scott, I think you were there, but it was when we were working on. It was just script; it wasn't music. And we were all sitting at a table and then there was something where uh, uh, I will, I'm not going to name names because I don't even remember names, but my, um, uh, my leading man,
0: your love interest,
2: my love interest kicked me under the table (laughs) (laughs) because he thought it was my line. (laughs) It was not my line. And so he kicked me under the table and I was like, I never got so enraged in my life. And I remember just being like, keep it together, Shanna, keep it together. And then he kicked me again. And I was like, Tim, Tim, can we please speak to the actors about not kicking one another under the table? I remember just having this fucking fit. And then like poor Tim being like, okay, guys. Okay, guys, let's take a minute. Everything's okay. Like, everything's fine. And then like afterwards, I just remember, he was kicking me under the table, I,
0: was like, oh my, I, I do remember it very clearly. There was God. a lot of strife among the yeah. very small cast. <laughs> do you remember like that? Was, there was. You know yeah.
2: I don't remember like where it was coming from. So then it makes me think it must have been me. Like, <laughs> because I can't think of like what was the causation. I just remember there was... well it also the cast was like high half the time
1: (laughs) totally well i was gonna (laughs) say like for some reason i feel like sometimes the like larger work the psychology of the larger work in my experience thus far has tended to like infiltrate the human beings working on the piece because like when we did this and then when we did hello my name is billy for some reason after the show every night everybody would just want to like drink um (laughs) but then if it's like you know if it's a more like introspective show like it's it's not been that experience but. I do, I do feel yeah. like somehow like it seeps in and like the total like, um, <clears throat> yeah, the dysfunction of the characters of Dose among themselves, I feel like weirdly you sort of played out with like the actors and the rehearsal
2: process. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of research, we'll call it, <laughs> happening. <laughs> you
1: know, exactly. To, to really get exactly.
0: Totally. Could we put you yeah. on the spot for like one like brief moment and have you Spotting. like... I don't know, sing a, 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 a phrase Ooh. or a line from.
2: Uh... <laughs> I love that Because no. P.S., can we tell the people? No, I'll, I'll try. But <laughs> can we tell the people that we're doing this podcast very early and I'm an hour earlier than you are? And I love that I was like, Tim. Tim, like, I don't gotta like get my face ready, right? Like, I just have to wake up and just yeah. like talk, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you just and now he's like, how about you like belt a high E? No, like, no, no, just, no, 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 like, no. One we, little thing.
0: We were thinking about like one of the most ridiculous <laughs> things that you had to sing, which I think oh, we decided that the most ridiculous lyric in the entire show was, "Things are turning around." life ain't so shitty brown (laughs) do you remember that
2: i don't even remember that
1: i mean you justifiably blocked it out i'm sure it was like things are turning um, around life's not so shitty brown something like that
2: Are turning around, life's not so shitty brown. Let's celebration sound. Things are turning around. Things are turning around. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that like jazzy?
1: It was, oh yeah, yeah it was, was
0: like jazzy. up to both. Oh it was my God. Like jazzy. It was, it was the like, end of act one yeah. when you and Bink both feel like everything is getting better now. Don't she's imagine. like okay <laughs> nope. well
2: I, you know i remember because a, so, a lot of the songs like we continued to do like the big numbers like that night in the dark mm,
3: yeah um yeah.
2: the tub song yeah yeah right we continue to do like you know post the musical closing like they, they kind of lived on and had their own kind of life and but
0: and remember, the last song the no hope the you know there is you know, no yeah, hope. Yeah, no yeah, hope. Yeah, that's the course. that's our outro for this podcast
2: Hello. Oh, my God. I love that. Um, so, But, uh, you know, a lyric I remember is um, in the very uh, – I think it was the opening number. It was like the first number when Lily enters. I think that was the first – that was the top of the yep. show.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly.
2: And she like, you know, apparently when she came in with her various Popeyes and <laughs> – What did the reviewers say? Other eateries. Food
0: from other eateries.
2: Food from other eateries. I love that he referred to Popeyes and eateries in the same sentence. That shows his, you know, writing prowess. Um, I remember something like, it was like, 250 pounds like an onion I'd like to peel. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Know, it you, that is always comes to mind. Oh my Which god, wasn't a bad lyric. I just remember it. It sticks out for some reason.
1: Uh yeah and yeah, yeah that was the oh, sort of that was sort of like the the dramatic uh, in, in, uh in, um Opening before it suddenly yeah. shifted into Tim and I's only attempt at ever writing a musical theater patter song, uh, where it gets, you know, very uptempo. Uh, and we like made you um, you know, spit out like eight thousand lyrics in like a five-second span. She needs some gravy, mashed potatoes, and a burger doused in sauce. She needs ninety-five 95- her
3: her
2: yeah I probably just remembered them for that and then completely forgot them no, yeah I mean why <laughs> would
0: you remember them because they were I'm Absolute sure if it's something trash. you know
2: that you listen to, you'd be like, "Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. you know." Um, I remember David's song, which is the just faggot song in my head. Yeah, the yeah. we could yeah. Um, John's like, John's uh,
0: mother, or wait, was it John's mother or my mother who said when they listened to the recording? Neither, fortunately, neither set of parents saw the the, the production, but <laughs> they listened to the songs, and I remember one of them said like, "Well, that he sure is a lot of
1: things." I'm a clean puff, a silly queer boy, I've got shit beneath my nails, I'll have a fist in my entrails. I'm a Nelly, a faith fudge packer, and I know that I'll find love again, that or something like it. I'm a faggot, a frightened fairy, I can't love to save my life. But at least I'm no one's wife, a lonely faggot, a dirty, dirty faggot. But I know that I'll find love again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because he would say I'm a faggot, and then I'm a butt boy, and I'm you know all these different versions of meant
2: to suck and holes were meant to
0: fuck. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was
0: like, can we say it? Yeah, we can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, oh my god okay faggot. okay
2: dirty dirty faggot. yeah is there anything else
0: we should say about
1: dose before we move on um um uh, i something fun and dose related just oh, yes just happened shanna oh. in the last like 48 hours so like
2: are we all famous did it happen well oh god no
1: <laughs> oops it happened, yeah. No, yeah. Sorry. A vi- video leaked from the 2003 production. It's a huge hit now. We're bringing it back. No, no so we don't the- need the
2: fat costume, but we will need like you know a little, a little botox, just a little, a little
1: botox. Oh my goodness, yeah. Um, no, so. Uh, we're in a pandemic, in case anyone didn't know. And so I have been like, you know, finding extra time to be manic and do things around the house because I'm, you know, like you, Shanna, that I'm just like, I need to be like doing things.
3: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So
1: this past weekend, I was cleaning out our closets and I stumbled a- across this box that like, I literally had never opened since I've lived in this apartment. And I've lived in this apartment for 11 years now. So I opened it and it was like, all of this shit from like dose from like self-producing dose so there was like you know cds and like marketing materials and cards and this and then like all of my files just from like producing it and pardon me i um for some weird reason like kept like uh actor headshots for people that like submitted to audition for the musical because we posted on playbill or something and i'm like like lifting like sifting through them and i'm kind of like oh my god um that's funny i kind of remember us seeing this person and then i stumbled across this and i'm like oh my god i know this guy it was billy eichner you know, oh. Billy from like Billy <laughs> on the street submitted for Dose the Musical. I've got like his headshot and we did like cast a cover him. letter and I'm like, we didn't even see him. Like, I think maybe we just like cast David because we knew we wanted to cast David and I had to like, yeah. s- like like, you know, like put the roles up. But I was oh dying. I was like, I That's have the receipts. Is. I'm very, if you're listening to this, Billy, I'm very sorry <laughs> that we didn't see you. And it also would have been, been a turning point in your career. Yes, and that Shanna, you didn't, you don't now have the opportunity to be like, do you know Billy on the street? I acted across from him in like a extremely weird musical at the Crane Theater <laughs> at the Crane Theater in 2003.
2: The critics loved it
1: oh Oh, my god I thought that was so funny it
2: was an awesome I I, honestly guys though I I I remember it very fondly
1: I I do too I mean as as insane as it was I remember it very fondly The experience itself I definitely think of very 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 fondly even though I think even at the time I was you know not not feeling like we knocked it out of the park, Tim and I on the on the writing well, itself. Well, I, yeah, I think no, that's it was accurate. A, yeah, but it was a yeah fun, wild, zany, crazy experience.
2: But people, don't. I remember there always being a full audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, I you do. know, like, I, I don't remember there being like, oh, shit, there's more people on stage than they're on the audience, which, you know, a lot of times in your first production, you're like, there's like six cast members and two audience members. So Absolutely. Sad, but I think
1: we might have even like added a couple performances. We added is, two like, performances, sure which was the we, maximum.
0: Like... It was the maximum number of performances that equity would allow with the showcase code. We added two well. performances. Oh,
2: that's
0: awesome. So. That's awesome. All right. Well, Dose. <laughs> Uh, Lord. love, lovely, lovely dose. Um, okay, we're gonna s- shift gears a little bit and we're gonna talk about other musicals, like I said, that exist in the canon of musicals. I'm I have one just kind of quick question for you, Shanna. What would you say was your favorite musical you were in in high school or in college? Like what, what was the, what was the role that you were just like, that was, I don't know, the, the, you were just like, is there, is there one or even just one that comes to mind?
2: Yeah. There's, well, there's two that comes to mind. So, okay. One is from, like, my favorite musical, so I'll save that in case we talk about that.
1: Great. But the
2: second was I played um, Adelaide in Guys and Dolls Uh. in college, and I I loved it. I loved it from the costume to the music to the, the, the squeaky voice to the, you know, everything. I loved it
1: it's a great it's a really role. Good one that it seems it's like it, would be, it seems like it would be really fun to do
2: that yeah one. and it was kind of my first time to kind of do something that was like a little bit more sex bomb role which was not it was definitely not how i saw myself um you know and i think i, I don't know many girls that see themselves that are aware of their own you know kind of like sexual prowess at like 17 i mean maybe nowadays i don't know i wasn't um and so it was kind of fun to get all gussied up and be like, "Oh my god, I'm really hot." <laughs> like, you know. But then also to be this kind of like wholesome version of that. So it was not so far.
0: Right, right.
2: Off. Yeah, it was really fun. I loved it.
0: And and one more. What was the first Broadway musical you saw like in New York?
2: In New York, Tommy.
0: Yeah. Who's Tommy? What? Ooh. <gasps> Tommy. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. That is it was a cool really one.
2: Good. I was obsessed with that soundtrack. Yeah, um, yeah. My first trip to New York, I saw three musicals. I saw Tommy was the first one, and then I saw Crazy for You, um, and then I saw Glenn, uh, Glenn Close in Sunset Boulevard.
0: Wow, I saw Glenn Close in Sunset Boulevard. So, that yeah. was one of my
1: first. Yeah, so, so two, oh, two, cool. two out of those three are great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
2: mean, you know, Crazy for You is like I don't know. It's like a like a modern day juke. It's like what yeah. a jukebox musical is. It's just Gershwin, right? Yeah. So it's like a American songbook. You
1: know. Yeah, I, I don't oh, I actually, what the I plot actually, is. I really, lo- I really liked Crazy for You. Well, but I like love. Oh, is that so. not one of the two? <laughs> no, I was trashing Sunset Boulevard, but oh, that's
2: hilarious!
1: Um, Sunset I like Boulevard, Sunset Boulevard is. Is pretty. Lame. Listen,
2: he doesn't like Wicked, so you know. Let's let's yeah. look at this. I'm scale. like, did
1: you see the last production of Sunset Boulevard? Like, it was so oh. bad. I'd never seen it oh, on I stage before I saw it, and I was like, this is not a good musical. And she didn't have those notes in the 1990s, so
0: <laughs> she didn't. She didn't. But when I saw it, I was on the like fourth row, and so I didn't care because I could mm. see her act. And it well, was, I was amazing. I was in the nosebleed
1: section because I was like, I refused to spend more than you know whatever I spent, which was like eighty bucks or something. Yeah, I thought there
2: was really cool. Um, I, I was really impressed with the set in that musical too, Sunset Boulevard. Like what they did, I thought was. Oh, you amazing. mean the
0: original one?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was insane! It, so was insane. Yeah. it was insane. Yeah. It was that, insane. Um, it was
0: gas. It was gasp-worthy. I mean, every uh, night the, the set yeah. like got applause. I think that's the only time that I've ever been to a show that that happened.
1: That probably would have helped because, you know, this recent production was very spare. It was like, you know, it was like the next to normal set uh, or the ragtime revival set. It was, yeah, it was just, yes, it was deliberately spare. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Um, Okay. We are going to, we are going to hear from you now Mm -hmm. to see a, a musical you love or hate. Schneider, do you have your coin? Okay, so heads is love, tails is hate. What's it I'm gonna so be? It's heads. Heads. Oh, so you can talk about the musical you love and that yeah. you were in. Oh, and were in. okay.
2: I was so ready to go into the hate, I was ready for it. Um, <laughs> so the musical that I love is Into the Woods. <laughs> Uh, Yay! Uh,
0: and we haven't talked about perfect because i almost talked
1: about into the woods but then went for sunday in the park with george um so which is
2: also great yeah so i'm I'm super
1: happy to hear you talk about into the woods
2: yeah um i i got to do that so i first saw it actually on it was a, a taped version of the broadway production so i saw it on television but it was the broadway show taped um, and I fell in love with, uh, Joanna Gleeson. I thought she was effing amazing. Totally. And like, yeah. And like from that point, like I wanted to play the baker's wife. Like I was like, I will play the baker's wife. Like I was just upset. I was obsessed with her. I was obsessed with the role. I even watched her like really crappy TV show that was on for a while. She had like a little, it was something about an Irish bar or something. Oh. I shouldn't call it crappy. I watched it, but um, wait, I who's Joanna was-
0: Gleason? Because I think I'm getting her Who confused Joanna with Joanna Gleason. I think I'm getting her confused with the with the wife on um, Growing Pains. Was that Joanna Gleason? Mm-hmm. No, no, that
1: is definitely not What's Joanna she- Gleason. Uh,
2: she's like a redhead. I'm trying to look up other stuff that she's done. I mean, that she won the Tony for that.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, I know the name, obviously. I just, for some reason, yeah. I, can't, I can't picture her, but that's okay. Okay, I keep going, keep go going.
2: Too. You'll have something to Google when we're done with this. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, so I was obsessed with it. And then the first time the show happened, um, it was actually, I was in high school, I was in junior high or high school, and it was the community college in the town where I lived was doing it. Um, so I originally was cast as one of the stepsisters, Mm -hmm. Cinderella's stepsisters. And then I remember I had a big falling out with the director. Uh, and it was like something where it was like, uh, there was some, there was like all these rehearsals where like we maybe, or maybe weren't going to be doing those scenes. And then I had another gig on one of those rehearsals and so I was like, hey, can I go do this one gig? And can we just not work that scene that day? And He was like aghast that I would even ask him. So then he took the role away from me.
1: What? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. That's so annoying.
2: It's called small town director. Yeah, I um, was so going <laughs> yeah, to say. That is some hack like, shit there. <laughs> uh, I know. I was like, okay, whatever. So he took the role away from me and then gave me, uh, I was Snow White, which is like, you know, like a non-speaking role in the musical. You just come on for like two seconds and you're like, "Eh," and then you're like gone. Um, And then he, but he allowed me to play the stepsister one, one night of the run, (laughs) one night of the run.
1: I love that you were punished.
2: (laughs) I was punished, which I was like, whatever, dude. Like, um, I was like, I'll just go do these other shows while I'm doing this. So, um, but you know, but I still loved it. I still wanted to do it because I love the musical. So, um, I did that. I did my one night as one of the stepsisters and I, I, the rest of it I did Snow White. And I got this really ferocious wig and I looked awesome. Uh, <laughs> I my little Snow White black wig. I thought I looked so sexy. Um, and then I got to do it at Circle in the Square in New York. Uh, I got to play the Baker's Wife. Oh,
1: oh my god, that's amazing. S-
2: yeah, so I was uh, just, I was in love with the whole process the whole time. And which was really cool, the director was uh, Theodore Mann, who was friends with Joanna Gleason. So what was really <gasps> cool, because he had like directed her and stuff, or they were friends, I think he had directed her and stuff. Don't quote me, I might be wrong. This is recorded, so I'm obviously quoted now, but whatever. <laughs> um, I just had a stroke. Uh, but he said to me... Um, he was talking, he showed something to Joanna Gleason or something of my work of doing the role and like, she was saying that she thought I was really good and that she was really impressed and, or like, he was like, she's, you know, she'd be very proud of you and doing this, you know, the way you're doing this role and I was like, Joanna Gleason might know my name. She does know my name. He was probably just, you know, drunk that day and made some shit up, but, I'll take it. I'll take it. So,
3: yeah, into the still-
0: Woods was written by Stephen Sondheim and James uh, Lapine.
2: Yes, yes, correct, correct, correct,
1: you same, are correct. Same, it- same folks as Sunday in the Park with George, which is why I'm making that that connection Tim. him. Uh, which is why oh, the second I mean, the act duo. is also mm-hmm. really annoying. Yeah, and Sunday came first, and then <laughs> Sunday came first, and then then into the oh, woods.
2: Oh, really? I thought it was the other way around. That's so mm-hmm. cool. I just knew that because I have two favorite musicals. One or or when I would say like when I think I like I was actually talking to Tim Scott before the podcast and I was like, I I rarely find a musical that I don't like. Like I kind of like I'm like the worst critic in that I kind of like see the merit and everything. I'm like, but they did a really good job, you know, Um, like I rarely hate a movie, you know, but um, the two that really kind of like were influential to me in, in in. My upbringing in musical theater were Into the Woods and Les Mis, which both kind of like came around the same time. But I didn't get introduced to them, which is easy enough. they came in like the late 80s. Right. But yeah, I didn't really start hearing about them until like a few years into the early 90s. And that was when I started going to performing arts schools Um, because, uh, you know, living in Montgomery, Alabama, there just wasn't a lot of talk about Broadway um it it was a lot of like you're kind of sheltered in a lot of ways like you just don't know about like people just don't talk about certain things and they're just not there right but when I started going to performing arts school which was about 91 92 um I started learning about these musicals and I was just so like whoa And, and Les Mis was the first musical I ever saw um but Into the Woods was always my
0: favorite I don't think I even knew about Into the Woods for a very long time, but I remember Les Mis, everyone auditioned with songs from Les Mis in the early 90s oh, at K-State. Oh, of course. Everyone. Of course. Every well, single so many person. Well, they
2: roles for young children in it, too. So if you think about, like, as a young kid, like every girl singing Castle on a Cloud, right? Like, Because it's like, you know, there's that, that role that you could actually audition for and be. Although I never sang that. In fact, when I was 10... My big number was I Dreamed a Dream.
1: Oh my God, at <laughs> which, 10 years old. <laughs> right? Which is like, so funny because- I'm Fonteen, I'm on my deathbed.
2: <laughs> oh my God, and get this. So the it's Alabama hilarious. public school system, right? So it, the, the performing arts school was a public school, right? So they had this thing where we would perform for various like city functions, right? <laughs> and they allowed me to sing
3: oh Dream my to Dream,
2: God. which is a 10 year old singing the song of a dying whore. My childhood
3: in history
1: i you know? love this story so much it reminds me of like have you seen the movie camp where anna kendrick yeah. when she was like yeah. very young i mean i don't know maybe she was like 13 14 years old mm-hmm. was singing like ladies who lunch like it's like, yeah very similar in my mind <laughs> oh my like, gosh
2: it was and, like you know like what is it the first like um he took my childhood in his stride. I'm like, oh, so we're just, we're just basically, we're just okay, awesome. Just sexual abuse all over the place. We're just gonna sing it, you know, from a ten year old singing, be like, he took my childhood in his stride, like,
0: you know. <laughs> having no idea, having no <laughs> earthly idea made. what it means. No,
2: but I will say my favorite line in that song, and I know my favorite. We're diverting to a different musical, so forgive me. That's okay. But my my favorite line when I was ten was to say. um, because I got to say, so different from this hell I'm living, that I got to say hell. Like, I thought I was like, yes, I'm You were given
1: permission, yeah. You, probably, you were like, given permission po- You to probably, curse. like, popped that word. You were like, so different from this hell I'm living. Oh, there living. was, like,
2: there was, like, a Celine Dion fist with it, you know? Like, there was, like, definitely an accent.
1: <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. Shit. So, um, back back to Into the Woods. Yes, uh, Into the Woods, Similar yes. to you, Shanna, I was introduced mm-hmm. via the VHS tape um i remember my junior high school choir teacher she would like periodically like introduce us to to other you know to larger works and everything and so we Mm -hmm. like watched what we watched that among other things i think she also showed us newsies once which was super weird Uh, and she seemed like oddly like too into like the like guy is like anyway that's a story for another day <laughs> the newspaper but, um, boys oh <laughs> yes I can totally tell understand the her tell me a musical
2: where your teacher touched you
1: <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah no she introduced uh into the woods to the class and I was like oh my God, what is this musical? I was just like beside myself. Um, And then our high school, our high school did it. But like the year before I got there, but I still went to go see the show. And that was my first time seeing it live on stage. And I like really sealed the deal. I was like, oh my God, this is just like such an amazing show. Yeah,
2: I felt like too, like there was, there was some kind of like um, pride in being able to do that show because I felt like it separated people who really understood music from people who could just sing well. Just because of the sheer counting to know when to come in, and and the way that those songs, like you know, it's really like pulling out of nowhere. Sometimes it feels like uh, in some of those group numbers, um, you know, yeah, it's challenging.
1: Mean, definitely more sophisticated writing, and like you said, more like multi-character uh, scenes and. <laughs>
3: I wish I'd not really I was perfect I had everything but beauty I had tall and a doll like a flower in a tower that I wanted to the world to get my wish and now I'm a modern you know, yeah,
1: yeah definitely definitely more sophisticated in every sense you know and it's on paper you're like oh it's a musical about fairy tales but obviously <laughs> it's very adult themes and it's very and like all of the interplay between the characters and the way the stories plays out is like is just very inventive and the way they took all of these like like real like uh not real but like original fairy tales and then like found a way to like interplay them together together. and then like towards this like larger theme of like parents and children it's just very very impressive for me from a storytelling perspective
2: yeah. And I think a, a part of it too, why I loved it so much was, you know, I was like maybe 10 when I was introduced to it. Right. So for me, you know, up until that point, fairy tales were a very big thing. Right. So for me, it was almost like this um, fairy tale for adulthood. Right. So it was like, it was like a little bit naughty. So I felt like a little risk, risque- like I felt like rebellious in loving this musical. Right. Cause it was, it was, uh, you know, totally. A, a little bit further from like the Disney version that I had known up until this point, you know, of, of these stories. Um, you yeah, because I mean, being... like,
1: like the wolf with all the very overt sexual overtones and everything. Like, even that is like a kid. You know, like, I, I mean, I feel like some of that was lost on me because I was, you know, a little, maybe uh-huh. a little older than you, but around the same age. But, but enough that I was like, oh yeah, this is this is definitely oh, yeah. this and the
2: is definitely not sleeping with the prince. Totally, and, you know all. Of- what was that?
3: <laughs> was that me? Was that him? Did a prince really kiss me? And
2: kiss me and kiss me. And did I kiss him back? Um, I think, I, I don't know about you guys, but I know as a child, like especially growing up in the South where it was kind of like a uh, taboo, you know, anything, anything having to do with sexuality was very taboo. So anything that kind of gave you a chance to touch on those themes um, without really getting in trouble, like, you know, it's again, getting to say hell in a song, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it was very exciting to me in that musical.
1: I yeah. It. I mean, same, same I, as mid- Midwesterners. And yeah, you, you can, you get away with it and showing that to a junior high school choir because it's, you know, it's all... It's not it's, it's not a, it's hitting you over the head. It's, it's, a, it's a musical and it's just <laughs> it's about it's,
2: fairy tales. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. I just I mean I
0: know that um I don't mean to be uh just always the negative Nancy but no, I, that's I have to say that is your role here. That is your role here, here when we talk that, about Sondheim. <laughs>
1: that
0: if if I never hear there are gi- there are giants in the sky again, <laughs> it would be too fucking soon. I literally cannot oh. stand uh, that song. And I will say that I should see a stage production of this because I never have. I've only seen the film and heard there are giants in the sky saying like 3,700 times and probably a few of the other songs. And it's just made me like dislike it so much. So even when I went to the film, I was probably not in the, 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 the right frame of mind to like truly sort of let it's, let it wash over me so i, I mm.
1: recognize that and i would go see a, a stage production of well, it also but in the I film not- jack they cast like a younger jack which i totally didn't love but um but i love that lyric and uh, you know it's all about like like leaving your nest as a child and like going out to the world and then coming back and you know again it's saying something different than what you think it is
3: and you're back again only different than before after the sky, there are giants in the sky. There are big, tall, terrible, awesome, scary, wonderful giants in the sky.
1: Um, I think it's just like such it's a not smart as lyric. As in, yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, I, guess, I really actually, would. I watched the, um, I don't know, if, Shanna, if you saw the the 90th birthday Sondheim concert at all a couple weeks back. I did
2: not, but I heard things.
1: Okay. Yes, totally. There was a lot of things to hear. um, I, Lin-Manuel Miranda sang that song and I don't necessarily like always a hundred percent love him as an actor, even though he's like such a brilliant writer, but I really like, I thought he did a great job with that particular song. Um, Oh my God. I am literally so glad that
0: I missed it. (laughs)
1: Oh, <laughs> I feel thank like you would have God been. God, I missed annoyed. that. I feel like you would have been very annoyed, Tim. But I thought he he did a great job with it, and like, yeah, the intention of the lyric came out to me.
2: I feel challenged by that, Tim. Now I want to do like an arrangement of Giants in the Sky for
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm determined to
2: make you love it. I don't so, think that
0: there is any. Well, maybe you, because I, you know, I mean, don't hearing- tell me there's
2: no version. I will. I will goddamn make. I'll make a version.
1: Can we, can we also make it like um, a dance? Can we make it like a dance remix too?
2: Well, that'll be the next. <laughs> oh, step,
1: of yeah, course, absolutely, absolutely. Expe- yeah.
2: Expect a uh, a video or a sound file coming your way in the next couple of weeks, Tim, that you can listen to on a loop of giants and sky. Oh Scott. my god,
1: so fun! Oh, <laughs> that's perfect. We You'll be you like, below. Hey,
2: I'm going to kill myself. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> don't do that.
0: Do you have anything else you want to say about Into the Woods?
2: Uh no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I you know, it's a musical that I can watch over and over again. And I, I can't say that about many things that I can hear it over and over. And it's and it's funny, I agree with you, you know, Giants in the Sky, there, are, there are definitely songs from musicals that everybody takes out. And I think, you know, from having worked in a piano bar for many years in New York City, there are songs that are ruined. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah totally. like, Every Billy Joel song known to man. Oh, I was um, about
1: to say "Piano Man." Like if, if oh. I never hear that song again. Oh, and I used to love that song growing up so much. No, I was scarred because my—I may have already told the story of this podcast, but like as a child, my brother, my older brother, and his friends. They like every time they would be over at the house, they would be like, "Scott, you gotta play piano man, you gotta play piano man." Of course, that's not how they. You did not tell that story because I would have remembered that voice. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, I don't know where that voice came from, but yeah, they um they always made me play that song, and I even hated the song as a kid. But like, for some goddamn reason, I had the sheet music, and they yeah, and that was like the only thing they ever wanted to hear, and so like I formed a hatred of that song at like age what like 12 13 right. and then to like come to new york and like yeah spend a bunch of time in piano bars uh it's like stop saying that I,
0: I do have one question because i don't know mm-hmm. if either of you said that you saw have you, either of you seen it live on stage
2: no i've done it live oh. on stage i've seen the live performance on tape
1: okay yeah, mm-hmm. oddly, I only saw that when my high school did it. But like now that I didn't, I could have seen that I was in New York when they did the revival. The revival. Oh, which I feel like was yeah, like I was Vanessa
2: across the street when they did that.
1: Oh, was something like yeah, Vanessa Williams in it or something as
0: the witch? <sighs> I think you might be right. We're gonna have to look that up. We'll have to look. That it's up. it's been a while, but right? It it's a been long a
1: while time. since they've done it. A,
2: a good friend of mine, uh, Jen Malenke played. Uh, she was Little Red.
1: Oh, wow! Well, yeah, nice.
2: I say, that, good friend. We know. Do you know one. what
1: year that yeah. was?
2: <laughs> um. Oh gosh, when was that? I remember because I was actually working across the street at John's Pizzeria at the time. Oh, yeah.
0: on Forty Fourth.
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, so many memories so there the street, at John's Pizzeria. But it wasn't
2: open for that long.
1: Uh, two thousand two Broadway revival production. Uh, okay. Yeah, um, I feel like it didn't well,
2: last as long as they had hoped.
1: And it was yeah, mm, Vanessa. No. Most of Vanessa's things actually don't yeah vanessa williams is the witch um yeah nobody uh oh wow laura benanti was cinderella oh and judy dench provided the pre-recorded voice of the giant
2: (laughs) um that's
1: hilarious that is very very hilarious i had no idea
2: laura was in that Hmm.
1: yeah no i did not know that wow
2: I uh, a friend of mine is is best friends with Laura Bonanti, and she was getting married, and Laura was singing for the wedding, and so she had also asked me to sing for the wedding, and she was like, "Hey, will you do a duet to this song with Laura?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." So like we meet uh, to like rehearse the song, and literally her voice, and like I'm playing guitar, right? And her voice was so angelic. Like I I literally said to her, and I said, "Listen, I." I really just think you should sing this song. I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I just think it's beautiful and I don't want to add to it. Like, I don't think it needs anything else but your voice right now. She was like, are you sure? She's like so kind and nice. She's like adorable. Oh, that's nice. Um, I I love to to hear when people are nice. She's a very, 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 very kind soul.
0: Amazing. Well, on that note, let's wrap up. We are going to continue this conversation with Miss Shanna Sharp on our very next episode. And we're going to talk a little bit about making a video with Shanna's super group, Siren, and a few other things. So um, we'll talk to you momentarily. Stay tuned. Back. Tune back in. And also... If you don't want to tune back in, then fuck off. (laughs) Great.
1: (laughs) Bye. Bye! Bye. Bye.